we're back on buckets of books yeah so i finished a book not too long ago it was the bean trees by barbara kingsolver and i've talked about barbara kingsolver a lot on this podcast um because the poisonwood bible and prodigal summer are two of my favorite books um and this book it was one of her first ones i believe it was written in the 80s or 90s um but i really did not like it at all oh um and that was a really big bummer i felt like i had to kind of finish it because i owed it to her and because like prodigal summer is a little bit slow at first you know but it was such a disappointment compared with her later work uh what was it about and like what was disappointing about it okay so it's about a girl from kentucky well there are kind of like two main characters um both are from kentucky and both make their way to arizona and live in the desert and one of them um like finds a cherokee baby and just takes it um it's sort of like the parents left it with her or the relatives and um she just goes to arizona and the other protagonist like um is going through a divorce and has is a single mom and they just kind of like connect and be friends and figure out how to um take care of these babies together um there's not really a ton of plot i guess kind of another factor is another character is kind of like trying to be a sanctuary for illegal immigrants um crossing the border and so that's probably the most interesting part but that doesn't even really feel like the focus of the book is the writing like the same as her books that you like or was it just the plot i think that it's not as strong as her i mean you can really tell it was an earlier book um Mm -hmm. because the writing quality isn't there and like the thing i loved so much about those other two books was like she is such a master at like weaving storylines together like multiple points of view and an interesting plot and this was like felt very one note in comparison um yeah and prodigal summer is a little bit similar in that it's like you know multiple women whose lives kind of intertwine um but this was it felt really juvenile in comparison and the the whole like sanctuary thing kind of felt slapped together to me um it felt like it was all kind of you know the protagonist was a white woman from kentucky and she's kind of like oh i had no idea this was going on you know yeah how do you feel like in general about books like that where it's like different people and their stories somehow combined together i like it i i feel like we've talked about it before i'm like because i feel like that's how i brought up um the poisonwood bible before is like that is such a good example of that um and in general i i think you know in some cases it can be gratuitous like you don't really know what the point is as opposed to just doing third person but in general I like it yeah I do like it usually I like it more if I don't know that it's gonna happen um I feel like if I like see a book and it's like oh multiple stories that somehow connect at the end I'd rather not know about that but I do like like when you were describing the poisonwood bible I still haven't read it which I should probably um I should read it, but 
I liked that it was like all intertwined or sounds like they're all intertwined but this sounds like they were like sort of intertwined but kind of stopped halfway it kind of felt like not really enough development was happening with either of them yeah. um yeah it just I think felt really flat and it's a short book but it was kind of hard for me to get through um and yeah it, it's like you can kind of see the comparison to her other books that I've read but it just felt like I don't know kind of like student work compared to like really masterful work um I really like her writing because she's also a biologist and so oh. she writes a lot about plants and insects and in a beautiful way like very scientific and you got a little bit of that with this one but she leans into it more in her other books that's interesting I hadn't I like it when authors like add the other bits into their stories yeah Prodigal Summer is especially like that because it's all in like the forest. Uh, one of the main characters is a park ranger, and um, so it's very focused on like every plant in the forest, and um, they're like tracking coyotes through the woods. So if you're at all a nature person, I definitely recommend that one. I would like to be a nature person. I feel like I don't know enough about nature to like be. A nature person per se but that sounds really good um I'm trying to yeah I'm trying to think what I finished I finished the play I was reading for English with school um the Greek drama Oristia um I finished that a little while ago and I we read the first one like all the way through it's a trilogy and then the second two we kind of like skimmed over because the year was ending Um, but I did really like the first one, and it reminded me, like, that you can read plays, um, just to read plays. Like, this was for school, but, like, my parents have a bajillion plays that we have on our shelves that I could just read, even though they're not technically, like, a novel. Like, they're a play. They're still writing that I can use. That's true. I, I can't, I don't know if I've ever besides like Shakespeare I don't think I've just ever read a play on my own not for school or anything before yeah um I just it's just never occurred to me but like I love plays you know I just never think to like read a script you know yeah me neither and it is like in some ways less work like in Cody Marks than a regular book just because it's all laid out there for you um I know I feel like back on the topic of beach reads plays are good beach reads because like you know, they're easy scenes, so, like, you can stop at any point, but also, like, the characters are just there. It's, like, right in the action. You're meant to be excited, like, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it moves pretty quickly. What's your favorite play? Really, the only plays that I, like, really know are the ones that I've been in. The only one I've read, um, because I was in it, but Peter and the Starcatcher, I read the play for that a bunch of times and it's really good I was in that a while ago and that was a really fun production but I don't know the play like it's really poetic and the story is really good it's about it's like Peter Pan but like a year like a generation before kind of um very magical and the play is really fun to be in but the book too or the physical play like I read that just as its own story 
Yeah, I I think my favorite play that I've like seen is To Kill a Mockingbird because I saw that with Jeff Daniels, who's one of my favorite actors. He was so good in it. But I don't think if I were just reading a script by itself, that would be my favorite play. Like performance is such a big part. Yeah. I saw that, like, right before everything shut down, my school, there was, like, a performance at um, Madison Square Garden with for, like, schools all over the city, so it was, like, filled with high schoolers, or middle schoolers, so we all got to go see that, and that was really fun. Um, with Jeff Daniels? I don't remember. It was, like, it was some big deal day for some reason, like, um, the mayor was there, and, like, the original writer or producer or something like a whole bunch of people were coming um but I've I've seen also a lot of plays and I feel like I don't know if I have a favorite that like I have seen because I've I like the ones I've been in and they're my favorites like because it was fun to be in them but not necessarily like because I've seen productions productions of them and like really liked it Gotcha. Yeah, I, I was thinking about you in that adaptation workshop, because um, it seems like such a hard thing. Like, in some ways, it seems easier to do an adaptation. Um, like, you have source material, you know, you're not completely on your own, but then it also seems so hard to, like, make a novel fit into the context of a play, especially if it's something kind of, you know, like, fantasy or you know unusual plot lines or things like that it seems hard I also think that like novels to play specifically and not like novels to the screen like so much of a novel is about the writing style which is easier to translate into a tv show or a movie because you can really control what that is like once it's in a play that's like its own thing it's going into like the designer's hands and everyone is like it that's like its own different art piece necessarily and it's based on the novel obviously but it's its own I know it's like harder to translate the style and just the look of things into a play because you have limitations you can't like just edit everything on a green screen that's a good point like you can do so many things in film to kind of give a sense of the mood um like one of the examples that I was thinking of during that workshop was atonement and how like I think that that is such a successful adaptation because of the way they filmed it it was kind of like grainy and fuzzy and like Mm -hmm. the way it's lit like that can really give you a sense of the way the writing sounds in a way that you know it's it's harder in some ways with a play you're right yeah and I do think despite that they're lots and lots and lots of bad adaptations what do you think of bad adaptation um now that I'm saying that I like can't remember any but oh there was one shoot there was something I saw recently that was an adaptation and I really like liked the books more I guess well my brother really likes the Lord of the Rings series and he also really likes the movies and like there was a phase where we were watching like we would have family movie nights and we every other day you would get to pick whichever movie it was and he like for a month made us watch the entire series which was like hours and hours and hours of movie (laughs) and i've read the first lord of the rings but i haven't read the rest of them so i didn't like it that much but there are a lot there are lots of arguments over why it had to be like a four hour long movie um 
which I know is, like, still a controversial thing. I do not think it had to be four hours, even if it was, like, integral to the story. But I think that adaptations don't need to be four hours just because they're going on, like, long journeys over the mountains. That's a good point. I think it's even better, like... Even if you split it up, like, part one, part two with Harry Potter or something. Yeah. Um, it still makes it more like an actual movie experience. You know, you're st- I still think you're a little bit beholden to, like, the medium of film and thinking about your audience and how long somebody's really going to want to sit there in a theater or wherever. Yeah, and I do think that the Harry Potter movies are really good, partially just because, like, the books are so linked with the actors who played the characters I feel like um especially because they were all already out when I was like learning to read that was like the first book I read on my own I think so like that was already happening when I was reading and so in my mind those are just like the same connection but we were talking last week about normal people um which I think is a good adaptation I just didn't feel like watching it because of like what made the book interesting was the style um, I don't know. I think that's a good adaptation. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I could totally see that. Like, there's not a ton of plot in that book, you know? Yeah. It's more about relationship dynamics. So do you think that they captured, like, the spirit of the characters and how they played off each other? I mean, I've only seen, like, two or three episodes of it, and I actually want to try like watching it the whole way again um but I do think that it feels very Sally Rooney and like does feel like they're two normal people interacting um but also like watching reading the book there were parts of it where that was it was like hard to read because it was awkward or they just kept making bad decisions and bad decisions and then but it's a book so it's easier to like keep reading it but then in the show like you saw those bad decisions happening and you saw them like in these awkward, terrible situations, that was just, like, really hard to watch because they were two normal people with these bad scenarios. Yeah, I get really second-hand bears. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week on Buckets of Books. Starting to say that um, a really good adaptation that just occurred to me is Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, like, they add so much to that, but it, I think it's really successful. I mean, normally I don't like it if there's a lot of change in an adaptation, but, like, watching the show makes me think, like, of course Mia and Pearl are black. Like, how is that not what's already going on in the book? Like, of yeah. course they are. That's just, the dynamics make so much more sense that way. Yeah, that definitely, like, also having read the show and then watched and then, like, gone back and read it again, it's, like, knowing, like, oh, that wasn't part of the book originally, like, I just thought that was already in it. Like, it adds a lot, but it, and it changes a fair amount, but it also just feels, like, consistent with the book, and, like, those changes do add to the story. Yeah, and th- there are a few scenes added that I thought were good. Like, they, they added a few things with Izzy, um, the younger daughter, that I thought were successful. And, you know, it, that's a really hard thing to do is just completely create a new scene that wasn't in the book at all. I do think writing-wise, I've had a couple assignments for school where I had to, like, 
add an extra chapter to the end of Catcher in the Rye or like rewrite a certain scene in a certain book and I think that for me while I'm writing it's a lot easier to do that than it is to write from scratch even if I have like the same scenario and the same things I want to happen if I am basing it off of a book that's like I feel like half of the work is already done and all I have to do is write it and just copy the author's style instead of like coming up with how I want it to sound on my own that's true like I tend to do well with structure too but I also think it's really hard to emulate someone else's writing style yeah especially when it's so specific and like so tied to the book yeah yeah I think Catcher on the Rye sounds really hard that I remember one... you telling me about that and that you were into it but I don't think I would be I was into it because it is such a specific style and Holden is such a like personalized character that writing it was like I knew what he would do in a certain scenario because he was like written so completely to be this specific character but it's also like then you have to copy the super famous and super specific style that is like its own thing yeah so we've kind of gotten pretty far from our original <laughs> talking point, but I think I have made some good points about literature at large here. Yeah, the jumping around seems to be a theme of our podcast, but we'll be back next week.